Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. Uh, you never realize how much of a goofy-looking guy the guy Gusher Jismack is, the drummer. Yeah, Gusher Jismack. He does look like uh, he actually looks like he should have been in Weezer, but he got kicked out. You know. Yeah, and it was cool. I partied with him and uh, Drac- Dracolich, otherwise known as uh, Sleazy P. Martini, on the uh, uh, Atlantic City Boardwalk. And uh, I think I, I think I told this story before. Yeah, you how, smoked weed with Sleazy P. Yeah, and how I all of a sudden felt really paranoid um, that everybody was watching me, and then I realized <laughs> I'm dressed like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you, at least you didn't do any of that uh, heroin that Dave Rocky was doing. Am I right? <laughs> hey, all right. He died of a heroin <laughs> overdose. Uh, Ashley, what did you think of the? We Are Guar documentary. So I actually really liked it. I, I told Eric uh, before the podcast, I did tell him privately that I, I decided to watch the podcast or, or watch the documentary because I know nothing about Guar. I didn't grow up with Guar. I never had any siblings that were into it. My dad wasn't like, had no idea. It and would be funny it though was... if Doug Pontius was like, he likes Steve Miller band and Guar. That was like his <laughs> other... <laughs> Big, he's like, I go to see the big three Steve Miller, Journey, and Guar every time they're in town. Yeah, that would that would have been my fun family secret for this pod. Um, so I, um, I know I, I really liked it, like, it was actually way cooler than I thought it was gonna be. And I thought they did a good job, like, for people who don't know, like me, um, like the backstory of how they came together and what it was like for them and kind of the history of all these band members. I did, um, I did think of my own Guar name if I ever got to be in Guar. Oh, okay. So um, I want to be called Uterus Humongous. Ah, <laughs> Uterus Humongous. Hey, you know what? I think it would be great if you made a line of hummus that went with it, too. I mean, the way I feel today, you could definitely break off a blue tortilla in this thing. <laughs> that is true. Now, Ashley, I, 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 I want to mention Guar, but I'll go back to just because I talked to you this morning. You were at a where were you calling me from this morning <laughs> in a panic? I, I called you from a sheet <laughs> because I had horrible. Oh, bad diarrhea. Like, I was making caca cold brew at the sheets. It was so bad. I So what happened is, I won't take up too much time, but so last night, um, 
I had a show in Northeast Maryland. So I guess kind of on the Eastern shore and I drive out there and I have no air conditioning in my car and it's like a three hour drive, but I'm like, whatever, it's fine. Then I get to the venue. The air conditioning is not working in the venue. Ugh. So we're all sweaty. Like guys, I felt a drop of sweat at one point go down like in my tight jeans, I want to be professional, so no shorts. Mm-hmm. I could feel a bead of sweat go down my thigh, around my kneecap, and down my leg in my pants. I was like, this is Ugh. disgusting. My tampon was turning into a buoy. It was just, bleep, just bobbing up and down inside oh, me. It was so much sweat. Gosh. You're welcome. Um, so it's super hot. The audience is both hot and doesn't like us. So I look at Ryan the Booker. And I go, hey, Ryan, you didn't come to my birthday party, and this sucks. Buy me a bottle of wine. <laughs> as as he, you do. Well, as you, know, you do. As you do. <laughs> Manipulate your friends. And so I drank an entire bottle of wine by myself. I then have a cup of coffee and then I eat an all-American Grand Slam from Denny's. And then at about four in the morning, my body wakes me up and says, hey, the party's over and we're leaving. And I'm like, where are you guys going? And they're like, no, we got to leave. And I'm like, right now? Um, <laughs> there, there are six people in this hotel room, okay? Mm-hmm. We budgeted. I go to tear up that bathroom and there is no fan do you think there's any <laughs> fan to hide the noise and the smell at four in the morning of me just blowing out my o-ring oh my gosh i am what woke them up to leave the hotel you're literally dumb and dumbering the room up right now and just <sighs> just 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 dropping the f- foulest duke you can possibly imagine just sounds so, like sounds like you're chumming for sharks in there just fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> one girl goes into the bathroom a million smells come out it was so <laughs> it was so bad so then yeah so back to when i talked to eric i then get on the road and i'm like i can get home i feel like shit i feel like i'm dying i did this to myself i'll be fine i then call eric like I used to do when I was struggling with my health, I would call Eric and be like, I need you to tell me I'm going to be okay. And then I'm not going to poop myself. (laughs) So there was, there was that. Um, I do have, um, one other thing. I don't want to hold us all up, but if you guys don't mind me telling you, I do want to tell you one other thing. Yeah. 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 Go for it. Shoot. Um, cause I want to hear what's going on with Jeremy and, and you. Um, so I have three girlfriends from high school that we have all still been friends to this day. Mm. And there is a girl we graduated with that I think is just the biggest fucking twat in the whole universe. And that's never changed. And we all love to talk shit about this nasty ass bitch. And one thing we've always wanted to know, because she's never been in like a long-term relationship and we all hate her. (laughs) We we always wanted to know because we went to private school. We want to know if she munches carpet mm-hmm. and it's been a burning questions we put money on it over the years it's like a, we need to know mm-hmm. well one of my girlfriends hits me it's the group chat last night with a picture of the girl we hate 
in a family photo with a big, tall black man. Oh, okay. And we're like plot twist. I'm like it's the Kardashians, but for poor people. And <laughs> and we're we're all excited, but we can't prove. We can't be sure that this is the plot twist. So I get Venmoed five dollars from each girl and my favorite was one of them when she venmoed me it's a black man plus a white woman and then it says or and then it's two white women question mark in my <laughs> which is a fun <laughs> so they send me money to find out from her oh so what you're the is. you're going on reconnaissance but you did so you on good enough terms to just ask her a question like this does she know that no. you think she's a twat <laughs> i hate this girl and she knows it so um i message her and i started off real petty and i go hey didn't see you at our 10 year just to let you guys know there wasn't a 10 year i just wanted her to think she wasn't invited um so so i'm like hey didn't see you at the 10 year i didn't even realize we were still facebook friends how are you assuming she wasn't gonna respond and she didn't so after 24 hours i finally hit her with bitch you gay and then i got blocked but it was worth it bitch you gay (laughs) so it's worth it is it still not in question and so we're not we're not sure if she is gay yet okay I might go to my how, goddamn grave not knowing. How do we? I think we could set up, but maybe we, maybe we can do some reconnaissance. Ask some of our LGBTQ listeners to uh, maybe go out and and maybe do some gaydar testing. Maybe we. Uh, I mean, maybe call in a favor. Well, here's the thing. I don't want to out her. That's not really the point. Um, I don't want to actually like out her but it's just more of a funny thing of like girl what's the story you're still so mean is there no love in your life like what is it about you <laughs> so it's just been a fun it's just been a fun thing so oh, well that sounds that sounds neat yeah it's terrible <laughs> i had a but real quick just to go back to the guar thing i also love yes. the guar thing i watched it this morning and i was uh, i openly wept near the end Aww. when they were burying dave brocky from his apparent heroin overdose but the fucking one story that was crazy was the was the fucking guy who got shot i was like that whole situation yes. was nuts yeah and got but, the colon uh colostomy bag yeah it was just playing with a shit bag and i mean if you're ever gonna play with a shit bag i mean guar is the most appropriate band to be in i think if anything that's encouraged uh, i just, oh, just so many fluids i don't like it yeah it's not like anybody's gonna come after the show you're like some guy sprayed shit on me at the guar show you're already covered <laughs> in fake blood and cum you'll never know <laughs> <laughs> now, Fair point, Ashley. Last question. Now, me and Jeremy have both seen Guar live. Which uh, mm-hmm. we have. Would you ever go to a live Guar concert with us? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Because you got to listen. There's a whole thing. If you're the first time, you got to wear all white and you got to get as close as you can. And when you leave, you got to look like um, uh, I want to. We want to look like uh, a, a, a tampon exiting you on a heavy flow day. If that makes sense. Okay. You know, what I was going to say is, God damn it. You know, <laughs> no, I, I look, I would, I would absolutely go. I would follow okay. the rules 
make it messy, make it gross. Because what I was going to say is, yeah, I'm already fucking covered in feces half the time, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, the funniest part is like, oh, man, your pants are all covered in blood. You're like, yeah, from the show. God, <laughs> I, uh, I, I hate how gross I am. <laughs> Like, I'm so unappealing to other human beings. They're just like, hey, Ashley, how are you? Oh, told Eric last night. Sorry, I need to wrap this up. Told Eric last night at Denny's. I was running out of time. I shoved a stack, a stack of toast into my mouth while I'm paying my bill. And I'm just having, and I just have toast hanging out of my mouth. And the guy ringing me up goes, guys must love you. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I'm real popular. And then I take the toast out. And all the boys have been performing with it behind me. And I'm like, they're all going to try to fuck me today. <laughs> hey, Tyler Dark, <laughs> is this making you hot? This <laughs> entire <laughs> loaf of bread shoved in. Well, and then, and then, yeah, like, not only did you watch me eat this toast, but you've been hearing me talk all night about my, this this bloated tampon that I'm kegling in between my legs. And I'm just like, I wonder what's, I wonder what I'm going to find. <laughs> well, that's, uh, I have, uh, I have one little side story uh, to share, but it's just about my morning more than anything. Uh, I decided to wake up this morning and do a real exciting thing, uh, which is pour scalding hot coffee onto my penis. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it did, oh, so I I got a full mug thermos of coffee. Thank God I put a couple of ice cubes in it because I realized I was like this is a little hot, and so mm-hmm. I went back downstairs because I had just started the Guar movie, and I was like I could go for some coffee with this. I sit down and click my heels up, and the thing spills, and I was like I watched it like hit my shirt crotch area. I was like oh man, I bet you that's gonna be really ha ha yeah. So I I scream cried because I could feel things burning in the crotch area so much so that my 11 year old daughter came downstairs going, Dad, are you okay? Do I need to get you help? And I was like, It's already done. I can't undo it. <laughs> and so I went into the bathroom to see the collateral damage. It looked like uh, to make a, a reference of a movie that not a lot of people have seen, but I'm sure Jeremy has. It, it, do you remember the movie Coneheads where Beldar lights off the firework and it like sunburns everyone's face <laughs> like that? That was my, that was what my penis and pubis area looked like. Uh, it looked like Nickelodeon's, uh, like I got slimed with sunburn all over uh, my nether quadrant. So, Eric, your crotch looks like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, no peeling yet, but, man, it's. I have a feeling I'm going to take a shower in a bit, and there's going to be, a, a, like, a nice layer that comes off of me. Uh, and, yes, uh, it, it hit the tip. It hit the tip, and, boy, does that hurt. I've never – it's a level – it's a level 10 pain for sure when it was happening because it's very rare that I get hurt and it brings tears to my eyes. But it, there, there's, there's some tears. And not just because of how good the Dave Brocky documentary of This Is Guar is either. No, it was the scolding hot coffee and the dick tip that really fucking got those things out. So now uh, what I like to say is I think I'm a, I could be a better actor because anytime I want to cry I'll just think of this and that would be my as if moment it's as if you poured hot coffee Starbucks into your dick hole that is my new my new pain 
Eric, you've had a lot of bad luck sort of lately. Did you by any chance dig up an Indian burial ground? Yeah, I kept using its uh I kept using its skull as an ashtray. Am I not supposed to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I call I call it the one winning tray. Uh well the good news is I think you're the biggest loser on the podcast. Jeremy, how are you? Yeah, Jer, how's how's the week of Jeremy? Now, hey, also, I'm sorry, real quick. This is about Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy messaged me last night, too, at like 1130. He's been messaging me all week songs and all types of things to send uh, to Justin Schlegel. And I, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll send it. I'm, in, I'm on vacation right now. Leave me alone is what most of my response has been this week. But... He uh he messaged me last night to see if I could go and uh pick up some stone benches and uh I, I said okay let's go get these giant granite things I don't know what you're gonna do with them but I'm in because I want to help my brother and then I was all ready to go and he said no it's too far never mind so Jeremy how is your week going what's going on with you how are things I was really hoping to get it and I thought they were in Catonsville because the uh the map said Catonsville and then the guy's like. Oh, you're not close. They're down in down in um, Loyton or something. Lothian. Do you know where Lothian, Maryland is? Uh, is that where the Lothians lived? Yes, Lothar of the hill people live comes from Lothian, Maryland. <laughs> uh, weren't they like uh, descended from the Toltecs? From the Toltecs, yes. Very, very accurate, Jeremy. Yes. They don't. They only wear loincloths, and they have enormous breasts. That is all accurate. All accurate, Jeremy. <laughs> You know what? I really loathe the Lothians. So, <laughs> Jeremy, you you sent me two pieces of audio, and would you like to? This is. Keep in mind, I I don't. You do this thing where I don't know what you're talking about, and you refuse to give me backstory. But I think I've pieced together most of it. So apparently, on ninety eight rock, Justin said that he has a kid song that could be more popular than baby shark but he needs help recording it you wanted yeah. to offer your services and you wanted me to reach out to them to see if you could help with this song yes do i do i have that correct this is all just a ploy just to get into justin's house okay i mean i'll just i'll just give you his address i don't care um i just think it'll be fun i will, I will be professional i will bring guitars and a keyboard and and a, and a mixer and as soon as I bring the stuff into my basement, I just round a corner and just totally drop all my clothes. <laughs> you get fully nude in his basement the second you're inside. And also, much like um, Brunson, I will lather up with lotion so that when they try to catch me... You could just I squirm can... out? Exactly. So, and also, but, they can't grab my penis because it's really small. I just imagine Jeremy <laughs> fucking risky businessing his way through the entire home. Like, wee! Just a never-ending slide. Not to be a dick, Jeremy, but if you use lotion, isn't that just going to make your life better? (laughs) Body becomes a giant penis. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) sounds like you belong on the boys. There you go. Like, uh, hello. Just in case a fifty-foot woman shows up, I am the penis. There you go. So, Jeremy, this is. This is the song that you wrote. Now you have two different versions. Uh, oh, I didn't. I didn't write it. So Justin wrote this, and yes. this is this is your rendition. So this is the second song that you've covered essentially that, ever that I know of. Yeah, something like that. I guess the first one was, of course, uh, Poopy Pants. 
Yeah, poopy pants. So, so uh, he did this on he did this on air, and uh, he's you know. Uh, so this is I, this is this is the the kids version. Okay, well here's the kids version. Let's get a little bit of that. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty solid kid song. I could see kids. Although, also, Jeremy, the idea of you in the second part of your life becoming like a show like The Wiggles is really, I mean, it's hitting me in the right spot. I'd love for you to become a childhood icon, the man who was a murder rapist clown who found his second life teaching children how to read from uh, and saving them from autism. Yeah, the, the, the Wiggles are great. You know, all these kids go to the show. <laughs> Always like five or six go, go missing. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, not a regular. Don't be a regular Jimmy Seville. Ugh. Um, it's great. Those kids just go missing every time they they they, they hook up with the the Wiggles. Oh man. So you also made what we what I'm seeing here. This is pepperoni pizza, the evil version. So here we go. Jerry, this might be honestly bravo to you, sir. Yes. Listen, this is this might be this is I smell heavy rotation in Laugh Finder game night. I can't wait for the next one because uh, that this is going to have to be a staple moving forward, Jeremy. Jeremy, 
it's so good, Jeremy. I want you to know that I'm going to start lying to men that I'm a virgin again, and every time they go to have sex with me, putting this song on. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Want to know the final ingredient? What's that? The final ingredient for the pizza is cyst pus. <laughs> cyst pus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, tune in at the end of the episode. I'll play the last minute ten of this uh, of this song, so you can hear it in its entirety. Oh, oh there was another one that got caught that got cut, which I probably should have added, which was um, um, Nazi experiment victims. <laughs> <laughs> Nazi experiment victims. Oh, well, that's really not, you know, that's really good. That's really good. Bravo, Jeremy. The great, Bravo. Thing, the great thing is if you use a green screen and like pizza, you can have some like two people are like conjoined like twins Ooh. Like, experiment on the pizza waving to somebody, you know, like, hey, we're Nazi experiment victims. Well, you know what you could do, Jeremy? You get conjoined twins. One twin sings the nice version and then the other twin sings the evil version. Fentanyl. Oh, wait, wait. One is the evil Ash, and one is the good Ash. One has the gun. Yeah. <laughs> good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Uh, boys, I've been hiding this for a while. There is a good Ash. She's this big lump on my back, and she's got some teeth and some hair. <laughs> can, I, can I kiss her on the mouth? <laughs> she was into that. Because it slowly moves your way, it moves its way to your heart. Oh, no, she's starting. She tongued me when 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 I when I kiss her mustache. <laughs> okay, all right. She's a little nervous. All right. I don't want to get her. I don't want to get her. You know, scared. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to mess this this up. Oh, you know what? I didn't mention this from last week, and I know we need to get into today's tale because this is a, a movie that Ashley's wanted to do for quite some time, um, which we're excited to bring to you. But uh, shit popped off last after last podcast uh, we did. Um, my my family had already left for Ocean City, and I went into the other room and I had a burst pipe uh, that exploded in my back room and I dealt with a whole flood situation so much so that uh, eventually I found the leaky pipe I turned it off it was a supply line to the kitchen upstairs but obviously not how I wanted to spend my Sunday also I'm on antibiotics so I'm shitting my brains out and dealing with this it's all types of fucking bad right now can I suggest a solution uh yes all your shitty pipes that are going to leak soon? Yeah. Duct tape. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Was it? Listen, it wasn't what I was looking for, but, uh, you know, I'll I'll accept it. Um, So I do have one story about this, though. On Tuesday, uh, I had a... um, a plumber come in. Jeremy, would you like to name, uh, guess the name of this plumber? And I'll give you a hint. I will read from the Urban Dictionary uh, the definition of this uh, thing, okay? Uh, give me one second. Let me pull it up so I can read it. All right. So, Jeremy, I'm going to read the definition. This is the guy's name, but uh, this is this is it. All right. So, Made popular from the Saturday Night Live sketch, Wayne's World, it was in the top five worst things to get in your Halloween bag. 
it was also later mentioned again in South Park episode 317, this time more narrowly defined as a substance which comes out of a pregnant woman's vagina when pressure is applied to her stomach. What was the name of the plumber? Um, Dirk Schmegma. <laughs> Schmegma is not, it's not bad. It's not bad. Isn't Smegma the crap that gets around a dude's uncircumcised dick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, it, but it's also like cum, and I think poo is supposed to be all mixed into with it. I, I always thought it was a mixture of, of juices, but I guess hymen is my second guess. Hymen, <laughs> mm, good one, but no, no, no. This would be uh, mung. Mung is the was the name of wait, my plumber. Wait a second, I thought mung was the special juice that you get only from dead women. When you go uh, um, um, uh, graveyard hopping, when you're really, really drunk on something. And, well, it uh, does say that that is the third definition, and somehow an urban legend involving corpse fluids has sprung up uh, off the term mung, though there's no, no, no documentation no. supporting uh, this is anything other than a gross out story. No, when I used to have a black friend. <laughs> That's such <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. No, he comes up today. He's like, you know what? Yeah, I heard something. I heard something. I heard something. This is something that only white people do. And then he goes to explain munging and, and how, you know, the, the, the pushing on the dead woman's belly and, and inhaling the, the air juices from a dead woman. It's like, yeah, that's something only white people would do. <laughs> that, is, that is true. I would say it is some white people shit. Which I think would make any, a good book for any black comedians like, Things that only white people do. Yeah. <laughs> Farmers markets and munging. Uh, those are the those are the two. So uh, this this guy Mung though he's really nice. He fucking nailed it. He did exactly what I needed him to do. He fixed the pipe. Uh, but you you guys have been to Quality Time Studios before, right? You see all the memorabilia. This guy keeps asking questions like, "Oh, so you play music and uh, all this and." Uh, and finally, when I'm signing my bill, he's like, let me ask you a question. Are you famous? <laughs> I have to assure him that I was like, Bung, I, I paid you to half fix a pipe. Do you think I'm rich? Come on, dude. Like, what are you I had to explain to him that I was not famous, but that I, I play silly dick song jokes, uh, and, and I'm actually the second best in my family at doing that. So... <laughs> You, you need to answer, I am Sally Thorner famous. <laughs> Sally Thorner. So Mung thinks I was a big deal. So uh, it felt it felt good that Mung thought I was famous. <laughs> I'm, I I feel more, um, I, God, I feel so bad. I don't want to kick you when you're down, but. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to pour hot coffee on it. Um, I, <laughs> I feel like maybe he's thinking you resemble someone who was famous once and they're now not. <laughs> oh, so like I, I had a fall from grace, right? Yeah. Like you used to look like so-and-so. <laughs> hey, you looked like that one guy who almost made it. I remember. Are you, wait a minute. Are you Hayden Christensen? I was like, nope, not me, but he is in our movie tonight. Uh, huh. I am excited to bring you that. Are we ready to kick it off or what, folks? Sure. Yes or yes? Yes. All right. I'm ready. Because, Ashley, this is, uh, this is your pick of the week, which I'm excited that you brought this movie to us. We're doing the 
fucking 1994 classic John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness, which has the most metal opening to any... Yes. So I made a note about it where I called it uh, Metallica Light. Um, (laughs) Because because it, like, so badly wanted to be Metallica and yet wasn't. But it's not bad. It's just, it, it, you feel like you're about to hear a Metallica piece and recognize it immediately. And then you're like, yeah. no, that's not, well, not quite. This, it's funny. We actually already have uh, Metallica Light. They're just called Megadeth. But uh, this. He's my little pretty one. Pretty one. And they're going to give me some my Sharona. <laughs> <laughs> but this is uh, the this will be finally the third film of the Apocalypse trilogy that we'll be doing, yes, of the Carpenter yes. franchise. And it's exciting for me because I actually the first time I was ever on the podcast as a guest, I had picked the second in this trilogy, which is Prince of Darkness, and the one we all love, which is obviously the thing. Hell yeah! So uh, this this is really I like this movie. I, I actually I don't think I, I'd only watched it one other time. So this is my second watch of this movie ever. Which it, it's such a good film. A I you know I love John Carpenter as you all do. Um, mm-hmm. But this is a this is a really fun one. And I'll say it's I, I actually ended up watching an H.P. Lovecraft documentary. This is definitely his most H.P. Lovecraftian yeah. movie of anything that. Uh, Carpenter's ever done um, in a terms that in terms of just the weird tentacle monsters it actually most of the stuff that they reference which is uh, Sutter uh, what's the guy what's the author's Sutter name Kane. Sutter Kane Sutter Holmes Sutter Kane uh, he he actually all the quotes in this uh, from the, from his books in this are actually all ripped off of H.P. Lovecraft work so it's it's very strong ties even the monsters are, are called the elder ones so in a way this actually adds to the Cthulhu mythos and stuff like that also um uh H.P. Lovecraft hated black people. That's all. Okay, that's all I had to get out there. Um, John Carpenter doesn't. He he goes out of his way not to kill black people in his movies. I'm so glad you added that. <laughs> black good guys in any movie. Yeah. I'm so glad this is a part of part of this. Uh, one of my my favorite things that when we get in early in the film, we see Sam Neill's character, which, God, I love him so much. He is horror royalty, whether people realize it or not. Fucking love the man. Um, but we see him getting initially after the opening credits, we see him being carted off to a mental Uh, health facility and one of my favorite things though is after he gets apprehended and they push him into a cell once they push him in there's a line i wish i've had i wish i would have had eric pool where he just goes sorry about the balls (laughs) yeah because he kicks that one dude in the nuts which now i might just keep that sound drop and find it for me and save it until i know eric has healed um (laughs) i just think it (laughs) yeah I also like the uh, the orderly that you notice. He has a small bit part. It's John Glover uh, who admits him into the hospital. Who I love him in, in both Scrooge and in Gremlins Two, the new batch. Uh, very uh-huh. good, very good bit part actor. What's your favorite John Glover role, Jeremy? And how many times have you met him? And have you smoked weed with him? <laughs> uh, I haven't met him yet. He is uh, Towson uh, 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 born or, or or raised. 
Uh, oh. I think he even knew John Kassir from uh, from uh, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. He was a uh, he was good as the uh, the, the uh, coroner or funeral home guy in one of the Tales from the Crypts. I do remember. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. I also like him as uh, Siler's dad on uh, Heroes. Is he uh, Siler's dad? I don't even remember that. Well, Siler had like three different dads, but he's one of his dads. Oh, okay. Oh, he's like the real dad and the dad who raised me and the genetic dad and the party dad and the uh, the super hot dad. You know, it's what it is. Hey, I want to fix that statement you just said. Okay. All dads are hot. Aww. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the other thing I love, too, is once he's in there and they try to calm everybody down. <laughs> Um, I do love uh, in the in the movie when they finally get everybody into their cells and they're trying to ca- calm them down. I love that they start playing the carpenters and he starts having a conniption as if the carpenters is the worst thing you can hear being trapped in a mental health facility. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, Jeremy. What was the song you didn't like to hear when you lost your mind and you had to get admitted? Uh, didn't like. Didn't yeah. like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right <laughs> i'll tell you if if i was stuck in a facility like that i can tell you what song i would love but i know it would slowly drive me insane and we all start committing murder mm-hmm. uh we didn't start the fire <laughs> yeah because at first that. i'm like this is so much fun and then i'm gonna be like please let me out i would do uh we built this city on rocket roll by jefferson starship the evilest of all songs. Why do I feel like they're competing songs? What the Jefferson Starships that and that? Yeah, mm. I feel like they're kind of almost in this weird vein of destruction. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, they're very um, yacht rocky. They're very yacht rocky, and nothing makes me want to blow out my brains more than listening to an hour of yacht. <laughs> Jeremy on the boards, very very poor timed. I liked it. It's gonna be great um so we find out that sam's character is an insurance investigator who is sent to find uh sutter kane who's apparently missing um and just to essentially find out if he's committing insurance fraud which i have to be honest i have no knowledge of an insurance adjuster ever having to go look for someone yeah I, i've never heard of that in my I, life but and it, let's not forget there's there's two other people that we missed by the time we hear that little setup right we also get to meet david werner uh who plays dr red who i know jeremy's been waiting just because this is finally somebody who's in the movie time bandits and he can't he, he can't contain himself of how excited he is when he sees an actor from the movie time bandits yes or yes dr red david <laughs> david warner the oh, guy yeah, who plays yeah, the yeah, devil yeah. from uh, yeah. Time Bandits. Evil itself. Yeah. Don't touch it. It's evil. And that's, uh, he's the doctor who's trying to help Sam Neill, Neil's character, John Trent, get out of his funk and maybe get him out of there because he's, he's drawn all over his face. You know, you know when you start drawing upside-down crosses all over your face, sometimes they lock you in the loony bin. Uh, he looks like a doodle bear. <laughs> yeah. And then 
the when they when you get to meet Sam Neill's character, he's there with a with a character actor who's in like a lot of uh, a lot of um, John Carpenter's movies. That's Peter Jason, who is the guy who's being investigated currently for uh, insurance fraud, and uh, he finds out he's been cheating on his wife, and that he blows it up. He's like, oh, man, and he does he does this thing like, concern it, you got me again, Sam Neill. Like I do I do love the line that Sam delivers at that point when he goes, "Never make your wife your partner." And if you do, don't cheat on her. <laughs> so, um, but he is good. And if you guys are, are uh, another great role he has, is he's in the movie They Live. He's like the leader of the resistance yes. in uh, in They Live. So yeah, we've learned that John Carpenter always reuses like so many of his people, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, so after he wraps that up, he's at lunch with a friend and uh, they're kind of discussing business and the Sutter Kane stuff. And while he's at lunch, we see Jeremy with an axe. I mean, uh, <laughs> he does have Jeremy vibes. He does. But um, we come to find out it was actually Sutter Kane's agent but he comes with like weird fucked up really weird sickly kind of eye thing going on yeah it looks like his eyes are like splitting like uh two cells about to become two different cells it's really yeah like they're 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 like sickly but they just look like they're evolving in a weird way um and he's got an axe and he goes to kill him at lunch when he's shot so what they keep saying is that like these Sutter Kane books are making everybody crazy all over town um which I gotta tell you when I first watched this movie for the first time i was in my i want to say like very early teens like 13 14 something like Mm -hmm. that and um i love how creepy the vibe is of this whole film i definitely love the creep factor of the whole movie i i actually acted very similar when i tried to read uh uh the sisterhood of the traveling pants uh, that was something I started walking around with an axe and doing all types of stuff and like i want pants that can just fit me Eric, you do that when you try to just read. (laughs) This was all... Actually, Sutter Kane doesn't make me like this, but you give me a box of Sutter Home, uh, Sutter Farm fucking wine, (laughs) and yeah, I'm ready to fucking crash through a fucking Denny's parking lot with an axe. Sure. (laughs) Find and find Ash. You can count on my steel. (laughs) Hey, Jeremy, that was all right. That almost made sense, that drop. Okay, all right. (laughs) <laughs> I like that. Uh, you also skipped over just one last quick actor that sure. we get introduced here. By the time we get to this part, we—he's like the fifth build on this on this movie, but it's the great Charlton Heston who just randomly yes. has a small part in here as the owner of the uh, of the uh, uh, the book distributor who's who's out to make money and more guns for everyone. <laughs> well, which we actually kind of. Ha- you're actually a little bit ahead, but you oh, are correct right, because they go into, no, no, you're fine. They go into the office and I, God, boys, we've got to talk about this. The character of Linda who works at this office is the most unsexual woman. <laughs> yeah. across. There is nothing about her, her vibe, her look. She looks like a state farm agent is trying to grab your boob. Like if there's just nothing about her that makes me horny. Everything about her says we need to go to HR. Like just her look immediately just says, don't even, don't even try to sexual me because guess what's going to happen i'm going to turn into a tentacled beast and pull my head all the way around and then you're going to get fired well, what like i dad o'brien 
I can't stand about her is there's like you guys agree with me, right? There's supposed to be like sexual tension between her and Sam's character, like yeah. as if like oh she's she's a tough cookie to crack, and yes. and yes. he likes a rough woman, but she just reminds me of a school mom. She's like a librarian, but not hot. No, I agree. But this is also this is something that um uh, uh John Carpenter does in most of his movies. He makes the worst sex symbols in the whole world. Like, he sees it as a challenge. Like, I just, like, making Tom Atkins sexy in the fog is one of the shining examples of, like, Tom, we're going to need you to pop the top off. We need to add some sex to this scene. And uh, it's a You are not wrong, because we've had this same conversation about Prince of Darkness whenever they were boning. We've had the same conversations. Yeah, you're right. I... And I have to be honest, the way I am built and me as a woman, do I want to see women who are differently beautiful? Sure. But can I also admit there are times when you probably wouldn't cast me to be like, hey, big boys, while I'm shoving piles of toast into my fucking face orifice. Yes. I mean, it just, I I see it as, put it like this, I I feel like John Carpenter's fantasies, I'd have an easier time jerking off to, uh, uh, the, what's his name? Fucking, I can't remember his name now. The guy who does all the aliens artwork. We just did Alien Resurrection. Oh, Geiger. Yeah, I could jerk off to Geiger's fantasies faster than anything that John Carpenter actually gets off to because his is actually, it's far more just dull and scary like just ugh, ah, fucking yeah. Hey, Eric, I'll give you a little tidbit. It's like making love to an open micer. No. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, Adrian Barbeau. Anyway, I mean, Adrian Barbeau is pretty. She's pretty. She's got some bodacious tatas. You're right. But but I think I think there are women who would maybe be called classically pretty that are really incredibly hot though. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Then I'm like, oh, okay, she's different, but I like her. This, this is just yeah. very upsetting. Um, so then we see uh, several times. My solution is pour my JB into my chest king. <gasps> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, bitch. Jeremy? I think Hobbs and Horror is you. I, th- I think you. These, these little tidbits, you're making me sick, and I like it. I'm coming back to Hobbs and... <laughs> Hobbs end is what I call my asshole. Um, (laughs) So, um, I want to jump ahead a little bit. So he starts reading the books because he says he's trying to understand the mind of this whole this whole thing. So, can I point out, in my opinion, when he is reading all the books and he decides to start cutting up the covers because he believes it makes a map. Yeah. We all agree that I do not see in any way, shape, or form how he comes to this conclusion. <laughs> Other than just cutting him into the shape he needed? Yes. I, yes. He I, said there's supposedly red dots on them, but I couldn't see that, and it makes zero sense. I couldn't see sense. that anywhere. Did you see that? Uh, I think he has his headphones off, but I was going to ask Jimmy if he saw that either. Um, it's so obvious to me that you don't see any of it. Um, so while Sam and Linda go looking uh, for Sutter... 
they hit what they think is an old man on the bike. And did you already point out, Eric, that that is supposed to be uh, a very young Hayden Christensen? Yeah, the, well, the Hayden Christensen, oh, I mentioned him earlier, but yeah, he's supposed to be the paper boy. And it's his, actually his film debut uh, where he we later grow to watch him overact an entire two Star Wars movies. Aww. So um, he, he did overact two Star Wars movies, and I accept them, and I've watched them more than I just watched Revenge of the Sith the other day again for like the 10th time it's still you underestimate my power <laughs> boys i want to know who's more annoying anakin played by hayden okay. right okay. or um jar jar binks um who's more annoying i don't yeah. find i you know what I, I I can't go with the Star Wars fan base because they're such bad people about anything that gets made Star Wars these days. I gotta tell you, I love both of them and I like them for everything that they do. And I hope there's a spinoff series of just Jar Jar Binks and that I get to read the hateful comments of every Star Wars fan of how much shit this is. And I'm gonna get you know what? I'm gonna get a Jar Jar fucking hat that has his tongue that goes Misa do this. Um, also, it's uh you know what? Fuck them. So, yeah, give me a Jar Jar Bag spinoff. That's where I'm at now. I get so exhausted by just how contrarian Eric is. It, um, <laughs> it, <laughs> it's one of the most disturbing things about him. I have to be very careful with every set of words I pick, because if I throw any idea out there, Eric's like, yeah, just because you told me not to do it, I'm going to love it now even harder. <laughs> I'm, Jar, do I like Jar Jar Binks? Check this out. Just show you my tattoo that I have. It's full back, full back print I, of just, it says Misa getting hungry. And it's I not feel, even a real line like, from the movie. <laughs> I feel like at any point, if I was just like, Eric, you shouldn't have gay sex. Eric's like, I'm going to go have more gay sex now and fit even more dicks in my asshole. Hey, it cancels out. If you put two dicks, they cancel each other out. I think uh, Jar Jar Binks is probably... Uh, George Lucas's greatest character, and I don't, I don't, I'm not very cultured, and I've not been around the world or you know, yeah. anywhere further than Baltimore. <laughs> so I learned pretty much all of the culture from um, from George Lu Lucas, and uh -huh. uh, I think he's a lovable character and he's hilarious. I laugh every time I see him on camera. Jeremy's and, loading his gun uh, right now. He's loading his gun. He's putting it into his mouth as he's saying this. I think it's. He, you know he's he's probably the greatest writer of all time of all movies and everything so this is you boys fuck with my emotions so often <laughs> that when i look in the mirror and wonder why i've been so mentally ill for two and a half years no so uh, all right truthfully jar jar's a bad character i agree it's he's bad he's definitely worse anymore, and he's, I don't he's the worst <laughs> Is this because Stavros left come down? Is it? You guys should just laugh from now on. I'll never tell jokes. I'll just laugh at everything. I'll do songs. I'll do songs that have dick and pussy in them. So, thank God. Uh... All right. So they appear to be like stuck in some sort of time loop, which I always love in them in a movie, honestly, because I think it's such a really good creep factor. Um, but then they somehow go through this this time and space like wormhole and they finally find themselves somehow at Hobbs End, which appears to be like a really normal town. Um, but man, those fucking weird demon kids we run into later. Fuck yeah. 
at no point i'm jumping ahead a little bit but at no point does anybody kind of question like oh it's not normal to be Don't here run. with these fucking kids right yeah it's fucking it's full children of the corn fucking creepy that first of all kids out at dark and there's like a band of them always have terrified me. I've never felt happy about it. I know that I don't, I don't go to check out what those fucking kids are doing. I'm like, they're fine. Those are feral children. But, but it's not even just like children of the corn that, Oh, groups of children are creepy. The one little girl has like half her face, like bottom removed. And it's just like these razor sharp teeth. And she's like, you're my mummy now. And I'm like, abort that shit. Yeah. I don't want to have a baby in this town. Yeah, I, was like, um, uh, I yeah, loved you in Ghoulies. Um. There's one thing I know about uh, bands of evil children. They, they protect you from the people that are trying to get you into a hostel. Oh, good point. Good point. They'll, they'll always smash somebody's rocks, smash somebody's head with rocks at the end of the movie. It's all good. That's good. That is good. They're good kids. <laughs> so the other thing I love too is the old woman when we get to this town that runs like the Airbnb. Eric, do you by any chance have her name? Because I didn't yeah, grab it. That's uh, uh it, it, her character's name is Miss Pickman, but uh, uh, played by the great actress Frances Bay. Yes, and we've seen her in so many bit parts for horror movies, and very obviously she was in Happy Gilmore as the grandmother. Yes. Yeah, so. And I love her. We- and she also plays Dottie in The Wedding Planner. Not that I know her or anything. Oh. <laughs> God. I don't, <laughs> I don't you know what, Jeremy? I don't think I want Eric ever judging my, my film taste anymore. The fact that he knows that kind of hurts my heart. But <laughs> anyways, um, I love how increasingly weird she gets. And then the lead up to the scene where the naked old man is handcuffed to her leg is probably the funniest part in the whole movie to me. Yeah, I do like that uh, Frances Bay, that Miss Pickman is a low-key freak. Like, she's just like, oh, yeah, we worship the ancient demons here. Also, shut up, sex slave, whilst I suck the rest of your soul. Hope I don't turn into a weird tentacle monster soon. (laughs) (laughs) Which, again, is very, as we get into that, that's a very John Carpenter piece we see, and I love that very much. Um, So I'm hopping around a lot. But so uh, we finally find, like, this weird-ass, like, church in the middle of this town that, again no context kind of makes no sense for this town whatever's going on and we get inside and i made a note to myself where i was like is sutter kane writing books in my uterus (laughs) what a dump like the walls are sticky they're running they're pulsating um really disgusting which again though i fucking love horror wise i love how gross that shit is he's just typing away when Linda finds him, he's just chilling in this disgusting fucking pustule building. Um, and so, like, he... And Eric, maybe you would be good at explaining this, because um, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. So, like, he believes that, like, this beyond dimension 
has inspired his writing and that what he writes is real yeah so it, and it's very you have to get into the world of hp lovecraft i feel like just to watch this movie you have to have a base of like all of hp lovecraft's work but the idea that there is uh these monsters called the elders which are like cthulhu is like the head one of these things are uh were only subdued by because there was a giant war between all of them that really just trapped them in this other dimension most of their names you can't even say they're unspeakable which kind of mm -hmm. uh speaks to how everyone's going insane that has seen them uh even the name cthulhu you can't even pronounce it it's just the way that we pronounce it here it's it's an unimaginable sound that would just break the mind of anybody who ever saw it which is why everybody's mind seems kind of broken or their vision seems like it's impaired because they've seen something that they can't and this is a common right. thread throughout most of hp lovecraft's work whether you call it a uh, color out of space or you go for the reanimator or you talk about um uh la, 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 what's the other big big fucking one about people going absolutely batshit crazy uh from beyond uh it's mm -hmm. somebody who it, it, he he uses a thing where curiosity is actually the worst thing mankind can do uh and right. that is uh, a common theme here that we see for sure <laughs> yeah absolutely um so i know you both really if i'm uh, remembering correctly you both really like what's coming next you guys had told me earlier so linda i guess has like this weird i don't know if i'd call it sexual but she has like this weird sort of hug with him and he like changes her and shows her things and all kinds of weird shit so she then will link up again with Sam's character. Do you want to talk about her weird, fun um, circus performance? Oh, I do love that. I, 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 I want to mention one other character actor that we we kind of skipped over so when they went to the church right uh they have to leave because a whole thing a, a whole bunch of guys with guns show up uh look because he's looking for his son or whatever and the the main dad yeah i recognize him just fucking instantly that's wilhelm von homburg uh who plays simon the lead guy but he's more famously known as vigo from uh ghostbusters 2 which i get very excited whenever i see vigo outside of ghostbusters 2 it's a small bit part he has multiple speaking lines uh but the dogs just kind of chase him off and they make their make their way back to the uh airbnb they're staying at with the fucking psychopathic francis bay um i like to think that uh martinson's real name wasn't vigo and he just made it his actor's name because of ghostbusters 2 <laughs> yes yes vigo Vigo, we love him when he plays a Russian badass. Um, so, yes, yeah, like, I, I like, like Tiny Dick from like Porky's is like, uh, you don't know the power of Vigo. Eh. Well, I. <laughs> I, I think the part that you're talking about, though, is we get to this part where he gets stuck. Based, Sam Neill kind of goes to sleep. He runs into fucking Francis Bay's character, I think, in the basement. I th isn't that what happens first? And then the fucking yeah. creepy thing. So we see Francis Bay uh, in, the, in the basement, and she's a full tentacled beast monster that he then rushes out of the house. He gets in his car and gets kind of caught in this loop of, like, seeing this fucking weird person who's riding riding a bicycle who he either hits or goes past and then a mob right. of people uh he also sees uh simon uh, who plays who's vigo blow his own brains out and he's just stuck in this endless loop between that and that until he finally breaks it 
Uh, oh, yeah, and his girlfriend, uh, or, or not his girlfriend, but Linda, she eats mm. the keys, which are actually made out of pasta, I found out. So she eats mm. the keys so he can't drive off, so he has to hotwire his car to get out of there. Uh, but, yeah, the body contortion scene when they finally get out of the car with that is so unsettling. And the head looks so fucking real, too. Like, I was looking, I was like, that really, that's a fucking goddamn good-ass fucking head they made that looks like her. Because it is almost, yeah. like, it kind of moves a little bit. So I was a hundred percent. The way it's shot is so good. It really does look like her body is completely fucking transformed, and it's some good body horror. Nice. No, yeah, it it is it is for sure. I definitely love uh, love that scene. The other thing I do love is right before that though, when he's trying to save her, when he punches her. Oh, yeah. I... I forgot he punches that bitch so fucking. <laughs> For, yeah, he tries to save her. She punches him, and he's like, "The fuck you did!" Whack up and fucking overhand rights. I am not like I don't condone just stupid violence against women, like as a woman. But man, that is such a fun fucking punch on a woman. Like, yes. I haven't so I haven't seen a woman punch this much since the hateful eight. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Which is another fucking good one. Um. <laughs> So, so yeah, the whole thing, and, and what I like about this movie, though, is that feeling that though there's a lot of imperfections in this film, like a little bit story-wise, and it's hard to follow a bit, but like this unsettling feeling, for me at least, that builds when you watch this, because you feel his stress where you're like you're trapped here like you're in a time loop you are you are caught here there's absolutely no way out and that's, um i think that's another thing that really makes this a hp lovecraft story because if you ever read hp lovecraft a lot of times he does this thing where he'll write it in the first person and then it seems like the story jumps around so much so that he's telling about the monster and the tentacles that are coming underneath the door right now and he'll just end it with a dot 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 and that's the same idea that i think carpenter was really setting out is to make this this beautiful Lovecraftian world in the most Lovecraftian way because you can read H.P. Lovecraft and then go I don't think it made it a fucking lick of sense but I, I was cool like right. I'm glad I read it like <laughs> but that's a lot because you am I wrong guys that like on first viewing maybe you or you get tricked into thinking that like oh as he's trying to escape the creatures that have been like unleashed from the church finally and he's trying to get away mm. you think like oh he's finally made it but then Sam Neill's character keeps like waking up in more loops mm -hmm. and more loops and you're just like oh my god this is maddening but I love I fucking love him on the bus and that old lady sitting next to him and that scream and I wish it's my fault I wish I would have asked Eric to pull sound for when he keeps waking up on the bus and grabbing the seat and going ah! Ah! so god I love it so much I have used that screenshot so many times to describe trying to go to a comedy show and be left alone and a guy will walk up to me and be like you you grinding or what out there girl <laughs> Uh, this movie did definitely hit a, 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 a nerve for me because when I went last time I went batshit insane, mm -hmm. uh, I just remember driving at night and then remember waking up while driving like, where the fuck am I? Why am oh. I here? And and that's that's the worst part of madness is when like you go into like a state where uh, somebody else might be driving the fucking car, you know? Well, so you disassociate. And, and and that's 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 the worst part of madness is when you just start forgetting shit and uh 
else. But uh, I think there was a point to this story, but I forgot. Oh, um, <laughs> any any of us that are old enough, uh, I have a lot of baggage just from Sam Neill from his first big role, which was uh, the final conflict, the final Omen film. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know he, that was that was definitely what put him on the map way before uh, Jurassic Park or this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got a little speech from uh, Damien. Okay, a little speech from Damien. As Jeremy pulls up the audio, here it comes. I stand before you in the name of the one true God who is cast out from heaven but is alive in me. Oh, isn't that sweet? Aw, that was nice. Big Antichrist speech when he puts up the, the, little, the little Coronado. Boys, fingers crossed. I'll be making a similar speech. Um, but I. <laughs> oh, I, the Antichrist will be woman. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I love that you share that. Actually, I kind of like the final conflict, if I'm being honest. I know I'm not saying it's the best, but I do love that movie. But actually, Sam was in another movie, I would say maybe around that time or later, that Eric shared with me, which was Possession. Yeah, another great tentacle-based movie that Sam Neill's in. Correct. And then the other thing I have thought several times while watching this movie, which is how much it reminds me of Event Horizon, which is another Sam Neill movie. Um, and so I do love like that whole that whole vibe. I think it's fantastic. Um, but so yeah, this this constant time loop, getting trapped in it um, over and over again. Um, do you guys have any thoughts? Like as we're approaching the ending of the film, like what were your thoughts overall as we build up to the ending climax? I mean, I think uh, I I love everything that's kind of goes on with this, just from uh, the Lovecraftian world. Of it. Go ahead, Jeremy. Finish your drop. Oh, there we go. All right, cool. So, uh, we, uh, we then, I like where we get to here just because I love the, it really does show how maddening it is because just figuring it out as a viewer, you would kind of be like, oh, how the fuck is he going to put all this together? Because keep in mind, this is an insurance guy. He's just an insurance adjuster. He's trying to make sense of things and prove that things are not real. And he cannot do that because we've gone on this wonderful ride with him. Now, have we, have we gotten to the part where with the hallway yet? the hallway of the giant monster or is that still to come um i mean i feel like i've jumped around a lot okay so we honestly might have i might have led us back and forth but i mean please talk about it obviously because i kind of moved around a lot so it, it the, probably one of the coolest things is when they go into that church uh they go to talk to sutter kane and sutter kane we didn't really talk a lot about him but that's uh the the actor who plays him is uh jurgen proch now uh probably most famous for a movie that i only watched when i was taking german in high school uh <laughs> It's it's the great German film Das Boot, which is uh, about a uh, a very fun movie. If you never watched it, it's critically acclaimed. Um, it's probably the best German movie you can watch. So uh, we're gonna say Beer Fest. It was he is in Beer Fest. He's the leader. <laughs> I forgot that he's he's the leader of the uh, of the Beer Fest uh, evil evil Germans. Oh, yeah, that. Right. <laughs> so now, if you put two and two together, um, Sam Neill plays the Antichrist in Omen. And of course, Jorgen Prock now plays the grown-up Jesus in the uh, movie with Demi Moore. Uh, she has Jesus as a baby. So in the end, you have Jorgen Prock now as the bad guy, 
and Sam Neill is the good guy talking to each other. Are you talking about the seventh sign? Is that the movie? Seventh sign, yeah. Yeah, I have the seventh sign right here in this little four pack, and I was like, I couldn't remember the name, so I had to grab it real quick. Isn't it ironic? (laughs) I've actually never seen it. Me neither. I haven't watched it either, and I own it. Pretty much the same as Ghost. Well, so we also have like the whole thing where he he's like sitting in the movie theater, yeah, and he and he's like watching this stuff like that he's done play out on screen and like all this weird shit. So like again, it constantly fucks with your feeling of like where am I in the story and what's actually happening. And now, if I'm not mistaken, as we approach the end, we essentially see the um, insane asylum get overtaken. Correct. By, uh, by Correct. a bunch of beasts. And in fact, not just the insane asylum, he gets broken out and the whole world is now essentially ended. Uh, and right. apparently, one thing they don't tell you about the end of the world, people litter everywhere. That's the only way you know society has ended is that they just take all their papers and like, fuck this! And then that's the end of the world. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a fucking mess. You get to see a lot of cool monsters as you fucking get to the end of this. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. the, the main, the, the guy... Uh, running head on here obviously we talk about the great uh uh rob bottens and the uh um some of the great monster movie makers but this one is greg nicotero's work and the giant hallway scene where it's just like 20 monsters that look all like one thing that are coming down there uh was mm-hmm. so heavy it actually ran over greg nicotero's foot and uh broke his foot and he had to be rushed to the hospital so uh greg nicotero really he really put his ass on the line to make that scene happen as it rolled over his foot. I just want to point out in that scene while he's running down the hallway from the monsters, he has to get to the uh, the heart of the ship engine of Event Horizon. That is true. That is true. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, we've essentially, like, built up to the conclusion of this film, which is that, like, there is no, um, there's no being saved, that, that all your efforts are impossible, that the world is falling apart, it's ended, the dark ones, the unknowable ones have taken over. Um Hey, but we still, but we can still go see John Carpenter movies. That was the that's the, what I, the moral I took away from it is that even after the world is gone, John Carpenter's work still lives on. So you'll be able to watch Sam Neill screaming at a movie theater uh, near you for the rest of eternity. I love him so much. But boys, like, be honest, how how do you feel about this movie overall, Jeremy? Yeah, give us your final thoughts on uh, the In the Mouth of Madness. Uh, the fact that it's it's about media in book form, which you know some people still read books, obviously. Uh, this was definitely perfected in his uh, Masters of Horror version of uh, Cigarette Burns with Norman Reedus, where it's a film that drives key people batshit crazy. Wow. And, and uh, I think a much better film and uh, the best Masters of Horror of anyone. And uh, I think that was I'd almost say a John Carpenter swan song. Maybe he's hmm. now that got another great film in him because Vampires. I didn't think it was that great, but uh, I, if you also, didn't think Vampires was great, watch the sequel to Vampires that says <laughs> there's a sequel to John Carpenter's Vampires that instead of James uh, instead of James Wood, you get the great Bon Jovi at the uh, at the helm. And I watched most of this movie the other day. And God damn, is it a steaming pile of shit? Uh, it's real bad. <laughs> Vampires a bad name. Bad name. <laughs> Uh, Ashley, your final thoughts on uh, on on uh, the. 
on this wonderful movie. So I'm sorry that I didn't do like a better job on this. Um, Eric's always so good at what he does. Um, but I, I love this movie. I, I've loved it for many, many years. It's been kind of a big, big thing for me, which is why I wanted to do it for so long. And it's again, I know why it's uh, his unholy trilogy, because it's kind of fantastic. I do. I I personally loved it. I think it's it's one of Carpenter's last really good movies. I don't. How many other good movies does he have after this one? I'm not sure because you get into John Carpenter's Vampires after this and Ghost of Mars, which I've tried. I I try to like it. I really truly I try to like yeah. uh, the Ghosts of Mars, but it's a it's a tough watch for sure. But hey, I, I was just happy that we all got together and we got to play with some madness, you know. Ashley, where can people find you at? Uh, you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs or Slash and Gash DMV on Instagram. Um, I have a special screening. I think a lot of you already know. I am hosting a special screening of the 90s film Seven at Warehouse Cinemas this Wednesday. I want to say at 7 p.m. Tickets are just $5. Oh, shit. So go check that shit out. Yeah. And Slash and Gash uh, DMV, you've been posing lots of fun horror questions. So get on there. Give her a follow and find out where, uh, you know, can can Freddy beat Pinhead? I said no. These are the fun things that you can check out on her Insta page, which she, she uh, pours her heart and soul into. And we can see that very evident all the time, Ashley. So thank you for that. Um, you can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. I do have some new dates. I got a show, uh, oddly enough, this Wednesday at Das Bierhallen. Uh, should be a fun time. Uh, Jeremy, take us out of here. I suppose out to you, Happy. We've only just begun <laughs> to live. <laughs>
Just the mars. <laughs>